Hello folks and welcome to episode 18 of Passive Aggressive Film Reviews. I'm Nathaniel Barrett-Moore. And I'm Richard Shittle, Bob. Okay, Richard, what have you been up to this past month? <sighs> okay. An interesting start. What brings about the ground, Richard? <sighs> it's been a rum old month for movies, Nathaniel. That's for a starter. A rum old month? Very little of interest. Yeah, I had noticed. Yeah, I had noticed. I must have. I bet you loved it. Well, it takes me to buying a gun and, and, you know, doing my job, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this is normally the, the, the time of year that I enjoy the most. Yeah. You know, between the Hollywood blockbusters. Yeah. Because um, normally you get some decent... Look, do you remember at the end of last year we got Another Earth? Yes. You get some real corkers, but it's... Oh, it's been awful. Well... Uh, I can't say I hadn't noticed, Richard. I mean, I was clicking through the uh, the film websites and, and becoming utterly inspired by it, all I have to say. Did anything grab you? Not particularly. Uh, obviously, you get access to all the kind of the, uh, the higher-end stuff, sort of the, the war horses and the, the artists and stuff. But, uh, oh. yeah, exactly, exactly the same reaction as I had, Richard. It was hardly inspiring. If another person tells me how great the artist is, I'm going to punch them in the face. I'm not going to advocate violence, Richard, but I think it's an understandable reaction all the time. I will, I, I will never, ever see that film. I think people are going to see it just because it's a silent movie and ooh, one of these hasn't been done for an, an age. Isn't this interesting? No, it isn't. Have you heard the soundtrack? There's a soundtrack on a silent movie. But it's, uh, th- there's always been soundtracks on silent movies. Oh, Daniel, do some research. Right. Um, silent means there's no talking. Right. So the actors, are, they're on screen, they're speaking. You get uh, caption frames come up that tell you what they're saying. Yeah. And there's a soundtrack to carry it all along. Because did, did you think that a hundred years ago, people were going and sitting in a silent room? Yes, I did. You, you're, a, you're a buffoon. Well, <laughs> over the case. <laughs> I think a silent movie is not silent. It is not silent. What it means is, it, it's the separation between silent movie and talkie movie. They're called talkies. They should be given that description more, more accurately. But what would you call them? A talkie movie. A, t- what, a, what, a, a current movie, yes. every time a new movie is released, they've got to say, oh, and by the way, this is a talking movie. Well... Yes, why not? To make that distinction, yeah. Okay, so okay, so so since since the forties, there've probably been two million films released. Yeah. Only one of which yeah came out just a few months ago was a silent film. So two million times they've got to say this is a talking film. I don't get wrapped up in statistics here, uh, but uh, Richard. Who's Ian? I don't know who this is. I don't know where that came from. It must be the former lover. Schizophrenic. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't get wrapped up in that. I like detail, I like accuracy. Mm. Should we move on for that subject? Okay, I won't be going to see that. Right. Let's just finish with that. I agree. Um, I'm a bit tetchy. Yeah. I've, okay. I've been diagnosed um, with agoraphobia. Agoraphobia? Mm. Oh, right, okay. I cannot leave my house. Really? Uh, what brought this on, Richard? Um, 
I was actually hypnotised. Oh, yeah. I was regressed. Yeah. To find out why this had suddenly uh, developed. Okay. And it seems that it started when you fed me a cannabis-laced cake. That's that your fault. Did that give you the impetus to go outside? That, that sparked a, 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 a psychological condition that has now rendered me housebound. Well, I can kind of understand that, I guess, because uh, on the innumerable times that I've been under the influence of cannabis, uh, I must admit, going outside doesn't uh, enter my thoughts very often. I'm not on cannabis now, but right. I still can't leave the house. Well, you, are you so paranoid, boy? Apparently, it is a mix of, of paranoia and a total lack of confidence. That's what I've been told. Okay. Um, you don't strike me as being paranoid or, or lacking in confidence, have you? But that's because I'm at home at the moment. Right. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, you, you, you're a social creature. You, you know, you do your journalism, and uh, you're, you're out and about most of the time meeting celebrities, mixing with the people of your own ilk and so on. Well, I like to do that, yes. So, uh, you know, what's changed? It's, it's just nervousness. Right. Um, the, the last time I ventured out... It, People that I saw in the street, they, they, they seemed to be carrying knives. Okay. It was in my mind, but I could see the knives in their hands. Really? Yeah. So I hot-footed it back home, um, and I haven't left, left since. You haven't been uh, touching anything stronger than cannabis, have you? Not as far as I'm aware, because no. I've been nowhere near you. Well, I've been sending any more dodgy cakes, so uh, now you can't, you can't point the finger on me on that score. No, unless the water supply to my house has been tampered with. Well, I LSD. Past them. I wouldn't. Them. Apparently, lots of people dislike me. Well, again, I wouldn't. That's that's exactly you know shock of the century, is it? I don't know why. No, I do. <laughs> I've started smoking again. That's a bit of bad news, I suppose. Well, for about the fortieth time. Listen, if I can't leave the house, what the bloody hell else am I supposed to do but smoke? Well, there's plenty of ways to keep yourself entertained, Richard. You don't, you don't have to just, you know, destroy your lungs. M Mr. Sanger, from the local shop, he, yes. he delivers them personally. I'll give him a, I'll give him a couple of extra quid. Right. He's me buys me a... He brings me a cart of... <laughs> Fair play to him for providing a worthwhile service. <laughs> That's a bit sarcastic, that last comment. Yes, it was. <laughs> well, I've, I've started writing a book. That's better. I like the sound of that. It's called Why I Hate Nathaniel. <laughs> it's going to be quite long. You're not finished it yet. I haven't finished yet. Well, be sure it's to an ongoing you, project. When you, have, when you have, as soon as you have, send me a copy of it. I'll be keen to read that. Mm. Mm. Last thing that springs immediately to mind. Yeah. I'm leaving Facebook, Nathaniel. After 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 three long years. Well, you're done with the last so long. Any reason? It's a lack of support right. from those that claim to like me, to support me, to, to, to wish me well. I asked them just to send me some words of comfort in these difficult times of my agoraphobia. Yeah. And only two people bothered to respond. Can you believe that? Well, I'd like to say no, Richard, but sadly I can. Well, uh, frankly, the rest of them 
can go fuck themselves. I'm sorry to swear. You're not that's, that, that's just the, the, the passion I'm feeling. No, I understand it, Richard. I, I, that, that resonates. Um, no, that, that's, that's fully justified. You should, you've no need to apologise for bad language on that occasion. You, you're feeling mm. passionate about people letting you down, not backing you up. Uh, and that, I, I think that's absolutely fine. All I needed was one... It would have been one click on the mouse and then for them to type ten words or so. That's all it would have taken. And I, I could have, I could have been, you know, put at ease and been content. But no. Well, fair play to you for doing something about it. You know, it'd be easy to stay in the status quo and just let it be. You're doing something. You're taking action. Fair play to you. Fuck them, Richard. Fuck them. Thanks, Nathaniel. I really appreciate you're that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I'm, I'm going to tell listeners as well, and this doesn't happen often. Yeah. That one of those two people, yeah. the two people that did the right thing, one of them was Nathaniel. Well, so thank you very much. Oh, you're more than welcome. You're more and than I mean welcome. that. Yeah. Well, you know, I despise you to the core on many issues, Richard, mm. but uh, never let it be said that I won't back you up on things that matter. You always will. Uh, and, and I love you for it. Thank you very much. Literally. I've, no, I really do. Okay, well. I've got t- I'm, I'm willing up here. Can I ask for proof? Do you want me to save my tea in a little vial? Now I, was hoping for pervert. Some, I was hoping for some sort of physical contact with you. Oh, you don't be... You are disgusting, aren't you? I'm, I'm, here I am, spilling my heart. And you have to turn it to something tawdry. No, I don't think that's tawdry at all. You know, it's just... Uh, I'm not touching you. I, I, I wasn't talking about your penis at my anus, Richard. I was talking maybe a hug or a handshake, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, that's you've changed. I feel, I feel overreacted. You've changed your tune there, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Nathaniel, next time we meet in person, I'll shake you by the hand. Okay, lovely. How's that? Yeah, that that's great. Good. What's going on in your world? Well, do you remember uh, last month when I brought up the subject of uh, Anushkid uh, placing a requirement on me for a baby? Absolutely. It's like emotional blackmail, from what I recall. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it felt, to be honest with you. Yeah, good, good, cool. Um... But I've been racking my brain trying to think of ways to get down that problem, obviously. Have and you been racking anything else? Sorry? Have you been racking anything else? Don't lead me down that line, Richard. <laughs> go on. I won't go down that avenue. Okay. Um, but the point being, I found a way around it. Ah. Adoption? No, not adoption. No, mm. not adoption. That, that, is, that is a viable option, of course, but uh, no, something more potent, something more interesting than that, I think you'll find. I hope the scientist in you will have <coughs> been impressed by this. Is this... Can I, can I try and guess? Of course you can. There you go for it. Um, a surrogate mother? No. No, not surrogate mother, no. A no. surrogate father? No. Like a sperm donor? No, not a sperm donor, no. Oh. No. No, I'm, I'm out then. Go on. It's all to do with the power of the mind, Richard. Okay. Through exercising your willpower and your belief. Uh-huh. Now, don't mock. Don't laugh, because I've got physical proof. Or believe it or not, I have taught my body to ejaculate water instead of semen. Do you ejaculate what? Water. <laughs> Do you ejaculate water? Water, yeah. Yeah. I've taken the, the sample of the fluid to a scientist of mine. I, uh, you know, I, I indulge in a little bit of self-pleasure for the sake of experimentation. And uh, he put his um, tests on it and confirmed that it was 95% concentration had uh, uh, disappeared uh, from that liquid. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless, Nathaniel. How, how have you managed this? 
I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I haven't got the uh, the scientific theory and the uh, the explanation to give you uh, in any kind of detail. But all I can tell you is that uh, by willing this into effect, by constantly thinking about it, uh, by demanding it of my own body, it, it's had the required outcome. Could it be that you've always ejaculated water, and, and, and now that you've had it tested, you, you think it's because you, you, you wished it didn't? Could it be that that's always been the case? I suppose that is a possibility, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't deny that, Richard. I can't deny that. Perhaps I've been firing blanks all along. Because you've always struck me as a bit of a jaffer. <laughs> I've got the look of a jaffer about me. You've got the, the look and the walk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what a jaffer is meant to look or walk right, but uh, I take your point. Mm. Uh, I hadn't thought about that, actually. I mean, that, that seems ridiculously obvious now that I've been stated it. Because, you, you know, you're a bit limp-wristed, aren't you? You're a bit kind of airy-fairy. Limp-wristed area fair, but I don't think that actually translates into uh, spermazoa content. But I, I, I do take your points. Maybe um, I've been blessed with that affliction all along. You look to me yeah. like a man with no semen in his bollocks. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was quite a compliment. No problem. Uh, what would a man look like who was absolutely saturated with semen then, Richard? Um, Just for the sake of uh, it. Lawrence Delalio. Lawrence Delalio. Yeah. Oh, you mean big and rugged and burly. Absolutely, big burly sort. Rugby players. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, they're riddled with semen. <laughs> Seats out of the paws. Uh, well, thanks for the observation. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty big news to me, but you've kind of deflated it a little bit. But, you know, the results are still the same. Uh, well, I certainly didn't intend to deflate it, because if true, and if you can prove it, Nathaniel... Yeah. You're a scientific miracle, aren't you? Well, that's going to take some doing now, because if I've been firing blanks for, for all, all along, then how do I prove otherwise? Because even somebody who is sterile... Yes. ...is still producing seminal fluid. Yes. What you're saying is you're, you're spurting out pure water. No, I didn't say that. You're obviously not listening to what I've said. Oh. Uh, there's been a, uh, a reduction of a 95% concentration. Oh, I see. In the amount of tadpoles in my uh, excretions. I understand. So you'd need, you'd need the, the, the before and after shot, wouldn't you? I think so, yes. To prove the reduction. Yeah. yeah, that is strange. It's not like I'm uh, ejaculating a substance that comes from underneath Buxton rocks. No. It still has, uh, it's not pure water. It still has some uh, tadpoles within it. Is it thick and creamy? It still has the same substance, yes. It still has mm. the same uh, look of, uh, of regular semen, yes. Effluvia. Yeah. Which is uh, obviously will help to uh, give an usher the right impression of course. Oh, well, yeah, because if, if it was coming out like a, like a, a spurt of Evian, absolutely, <laughs> she, she might be questioning that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, at the very least, you think you're you're masturbating yourself senseless. Yes. Yeah. Every second of the day. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to hear that's not true. So yeah, that that's coming something related to you, either way. I'm, 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 I'm dubious about this, the, the thought that you've willed it into existence, I, I must admit. I, I don't really believe that's possible. That logical brain of yours does, uh, does serve on occasion. I'm questioning it myself now, which I have to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But hey, whatever. For some guys, it's a big thing. For me, I couldn't give a shit. It's a blessing. Because yeah, you, you've never really wanted to father a, father a child, have you? Oh, good Lord, no. Oh, come on. No, I can't think of anything worse. 
You literally can't think of anything worse. No, I'm just, of course I'm exaggerating, you blood and idiot. It's just for the sake of the point. Of course oh, I think of something worse. Okay. <laughs> for the sake of the point, I'm trying to get across that I, I don't want to be the child of the world, so, you know, we all exaggerate on occasion, which is forgive me. What do you think will happen if Anushka finds out that you're firing blanks? Well, yeah, good point again. No That's idea. a problem, isn't it? It is, it is a problem, yeah, yeah. Because if she's hell-bent on... On, on, on spawning a child, yeah, she finds out you you can't pro- provide the ammunition. Yeah, you, well, you can see which way that's going, can't you? Well, I don't want to second guess that eventuality, which if and when it comes about, I mean, mm. we'll just cross that bridge when we get to it. I think. Fair enough. You're you you're a brave man. I'm going to string it out for as long as I possibly can, anyway. Mm. You know, all the news. I've become vegetarian, which is. I already. I thought you already were. No, no, no. Our people. I just assumed. Yeah. You know, People get the impression looking at me with my long hair and my garlands around my neck and, you know. Uh, but no, no. It's been on the agenda for some time, obviously, but uh, I've never actually got round to it. Is this in readiness for your trip to India? You're absolutely on the money, yes. With the imminent visitors of uh, South India on the card, yes. How about that? Uh, it's very appropriate, you're quite right. Yeah. But, um... Because the last thing you want to get is kind of deli belly from the meat. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, Anushka's family are vegetarian anyway. Right. Uh, being South Indian, I think most South Indians are vegetarian by, by definition. You think uh, that or you know it? Or you're just making that up? Um, I don't you're making it up, aren't you? No, I'm not making it up. I, I have heard from uh, some people I've, I've spoken to who are from South India who've said that most of that, the population in the south of the country is vegetarian. But I don't know definite statistics. Fair enough, that's honest. Um, but yeah, for my own, uh, it, it's for moral reasons, obviously. I, I can't really justify consumption of animal flesh when there's, you know, an abundance of other healthier foodstuffs available. So the, the inevitable has happened, really, Richard. But you say that. But but if if, if you hadn't got together with Anushka and you hadn't happened to have been going to southern India, mm-hmm. you'd still be wolfing down the beef burgers, wouldn't you? Well, you're rationalising it. But it's just bullshit. No, not at all. This would have happened eventually. It's just we're just on a different time scale, that's all. Mm. Uh, you're quite right. You've probably been, I don't know, I don't want to put a label on it, one, two, four, ten years down the line even, maybe. I see. But uh, it was always something that was going to happen. It's just pushed it up the agenda. Pushed it up the agenda, you're absolutely right, yeah. I get it. Um, so, I mean, I took this decision last weekend. And so, obviously, now I, f- I find the thought of anyone eating or, or working or, or cooking me absolutely offensive. <laughs> yes, yes, because suddenly you've decided that you don't eat meat, so therefore anybody that does is doing something offensive. Absolutely. absolutely. Even though you were stuffing steaks down your throat less than a month ago. That's change for you, Richard. That's hypocrisy for you. That's what it is. You call it what you want. dare you in judgment. You what you will. It's an evil act. <laughs> <laughs> An evil act. You, 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 you are going out of your way today to come across to the listeners as utterly preposterous. Am I? I'm not saying that way. I'm not going out of my way. I'm not trying to, honestly. <laughs> One of the most ridiculous things you've said so far on this show. Well, I, my it's principle. evil to eat meat. My principle. Get a grip, Richard. My principles have changed. You can't deny me that, right? And I, I shall support it with, it with all of my soul. Well, I mean, looking at you, 
Yeah. M- mincing around like yeah. a jaffa. Yeah. <laughs> Pale complexion, like you've got anemia. Yeah. Does mince do that? Best thing, best thing you can do is stop eating meat. Just go on to vegetables and pulses. That's gonna, that's gonna really do wonders for your appearance. Well, we're, not all of us are so obsessed with emasculating ourselves, which is some of us mm-hmm. embrace the femininity within. <sighs> Next. Next. Okay, folks, uh, it's movie news time. The good news. Censored movie, The Woman in Black, boycotted here at Smell the Court HQ, has been knocked off the top spot at the box office. The bad news? The best exotic Marigold Hotel has replaced it. John Cusack recently announced that he would be interested in a potential sequel to 1997 actioner Con Air. Given that the original was a deafening, incoherent din of shouting and explosions, just think how it will be now that the actors are also hard of hearing. The Men in Black 3 marketing campaign is hotting up, with viral attacks spreading like, well, um, fungus, as well as secret adverts in seat and subway stations. A lot of fun, right? Showing the movie will be a stealing pile of Aquilian dung, though. Lyce Stallone's next action has been pulled from the release schedules, apparently so he can leak up the movie himself, dissatisfied with the director and editor's work. Tell you the truth, Sly, just shave off about an hour and 35, and we may be interested. Okay, folks, this is the part of the show where normally we'll be discussing a movie on current release, but due to reasons that will become clear, we haven't actually been to see anything this week. So instead, we're casting our eyes in the direction of the goggle box, the idiot lantern, the rectangle of stupidity. Yes, the television. And as there's only one show that both of us are currently watching, that's what we're going to talk about. And that show is MasterChef. Don't turn off straight away, listeners. Please don't. With an initial run, from 1990 to 2001, then revamped in 2005 and still going strong to this day, MasterChef is to cookery what Mastermind is to pub quizzes. Contestants lock horns on a weekly basis, faced with challenges set by usual presenters Greg Wallace and John Tarode. At the end of most shows, one one contestant is eliminated until eventually the MasterChef for the year is duly anointed. So I can't go out to see films due to my agoraphobia. What's your excuse, Nathaniel? There's just nothing good on worth, worth watching, Richard. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to kind of uh, puncture that balloon somewhat, but it's just the truth. You just couldn't be bothered to go and see anything? I just couldn't be bothered to go and see anything. You know... Normally, <coughs> I'd be quite angry with you. Yeah. Um, but, to be honest, I think you're fair enough. You see the point, don't you? Yeah, we, we, oh, I do. We alluded to it at the beginning of the podcast. So, uh, you know, the, the listeners will understand. Yeah. If there's nothing on, we can't go and watch a film, can we? And we're not going to spend good money uh, on going and seeing pieces of shit that we don't believe in. I'm not going to spend any money on Adam Sandler... In Jack and Jill. Not even if the listeners want us to. Not a chance. They can kiss my ass. 
Absolutely. So uh, that's why we've reversed to the TV for this occasion. Won't be a regular occurrence, but uh, just like this, this one week. Maybe a one-off. Maybe, Maybe an every so often thing. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't put any uh, definition on it, but uh, that's how it is this week. And if you don't like it, dear listener, piss off. Just fuck off. Yeah, fucking useless piece of shit. Thoughts, Nathaniel? Come on, MasterChef. Well, I do enjoy this show, Richard, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be watching it. Mm. Um, but I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, the two you've alluded to, the, the main presenters, John Terrell and Greg Wallace, uh, they're getting up my arse a little bit, and not in a good way. Um, are they? They are, they are. They're beginning to grate, they're beginning to annoy. Go on. I think that they're, they're, they're becoming uh, full of their self-importance somewhat. Yes, we understand they have a job to do, that they're judges, they have to criticise the food, they have, they have to pick apart the, you know, the techniques and the, the, the taste that do or don't go together, we understand that. But they're, they're, they're getting positively insulting at, uh, at times, Richard, and it's, it, it's getting a bit much, it's getting a bit, a bit much to take. Give me some examples. Well, do you remember that uh, pretty Asian girl that was uh, on the series earlier? Uh, Aki, I believe her name was. Oh, yes. Uh, she had a flaws. Don't get me wrong, and no doubt she'd uh, an hour in her company would have driven any sane man insane. Uh, but taking all that into account, uh, she was there doing the best. She, she was cooking fantastic Japanese food. A bit mm-hmm. out there, a bit kind of uh, off limits. But she created something to do with, I can't remember the exact which dish it was now, but she, but she created something that contained oysters that were smoked. Right. And, again, I can't quote it verbatim, but John Terrell makes a comment, something along the lines of, I feel, I feel like I've just eaten a cigarette butt. Oh, remember that, yes. That was absolutely beyond the pale. It does that man think he is. It was very harsh, wasn't it? Very, very harsh. It was not just harsh, I can take harsh. Yeah. The contestants can take harsh, as long as yeah. it's done with the correct tone of voice and constructively. But to be absolutely insulting, uh, baffling yeah. like that was, it was beyond the pale and, uh, that, that, that shouldn't be allowed, basically. Shouldn't be allowed? Shouldn't be allowed, absolutely. Should not be allowed. Mm. It, because, because what message is that given to, to, to people watching it? Well, I, I think as, as the series progresses, what they have to do, they have to kind of intensify the comments and the, you know, the, the level of um, criticism in order to keep the interest level. Because if they just kept saying the same thing over and over, because he get bored. I understand that, that point of view, Richard, but I don't mm. subscribe to it, because mm. why do you have to keep pushing the boundaries back to keep people's interest? I'm sure the interest should be in the food, shouldn't it? it, it, it it's just modern society, Nathaniel. Well, modern society is shit on that respect. On that yes. Well, I, as you know, I, I, I wish it was still 1975, <laughs> so I totally agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this, uh, at times, I don't know what you think about this, it's yeah. so theatrical, I fear that they may very well burst into song. I quite enjoy that aspect of it, though. I, I, I didn't say I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, 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 it's like they're, they, you know, it's not like they're cooking, it's like they're going to war. <laughs> You're absolutely right, the kind of the, uh, the energetic soundtracks and the kind yeah. of, you know, the, the, the beats that go on every time they speak. It is, it's incredibly theatrical, it, it's all uh, nonsense really, but enjoyable nonsense, nonetheless. You mentioned the soundtrack. Yeah. Have you, have you noticed that a, some, a, one of the pieces of music they play is the same music that, that was used in This Is England 86? I haven't noticed that, no. 
Well? It's quite perturbing to watch somebody frying a piece of salmon, you know, to go with some camphor. Yeah. When the same piece of music is being played, the last time you heard it was when you're watching somebody being raped. Well, are you absolutely accurate in that, uh, in pointing that out, Richard? Is that, is that an accurate description of what has actually happened? Or were you just making things up? Are you exaggerating like you, you were criticising me for earlier? No, no, the, the piece of music is, is, is exactly the same piece of music. The rape scene in This Is England is being used on Mastership. Yep. My word. I can't believe I haven't picked up on that. I'm glad I have. How about that? I'm, glad, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't spot the association. Because uh, I get your point totally and I wouldn't want to, um, to recognise that. Mm. Well, I will. How about that? You surprised me. There you go. Which do you prefer, Nathaniel, the um, the professional series or the amateur series? I haven't seen the professional series. You, you have. What do you mean? Because yeah, because we talked about it at the time. The professional series, enlightenment. MasterChef, the professionals. Well, it's people that actually cook for a living. They're not they're not kind of TV celebrity chefs. Right. They're people that work in um, you know cafes and. You know, low-level restaurants. Right. Well, I, I can pretend... It's the same show, but, it, but it's professionals instead of amateurs. Because the amateur series is people who don't cook for a living. Yes, I understand that, yeah. The professionals is people that do cook for a living. I, yeah, I That's what the word professional means. Professional, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for the sake of the podcast, I could pretend that I've seen it. Uh, you have seen it because we talked <laughs> about it. <laughs> Just because I've talked about it doesn't mean I've seen it with you. Well, that's true. Makes it up all the time, don't you know that? You'll, you'll blow hot air about any subject, Absolutely. won't you? <laughs> so you don't know? You know I don't know, no. Question's redundant. Yeah, it is very much, yeah. Next question. Yeah. How long will Greg Wallace live? Well, if we're talking like uh, lifespans, I, I, don't I don't know how else to interpret that. <laughs> I'm, I'm buying myself time to think about the question, Richard. Okay, go on. I don't think he's got as long to live as, as Mr. Thoreau. Mm. He seems a bit... Uh, he's not... Uh, he doesn't strike me as a man who does a lot of activity. <laughs> You're being very kind. I, well, I'm trying to, but... <laughs> um, he's a bit chubby-faced. Mm. Uh, he seems fond of his sweets too much, and you can't see him running out of track, can you? I don't know, absolutely not. I don't think he's got a treadmill at home. I don't think he has. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, I, I quite like the guy. I like him, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But he, he's not long for this earth. <laughs> Perhaps you should use your celebrity connections to try and strike up a meet with him, Richard, go and have a beer with him. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I think you'd drink me under the table, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, um, no doubt about that. I mean, that wouldn't be difficult, obviously. Uh, but yeah, mate, it, it, it's a given the opportunity to take him to task with some of his, um, you know, unkind comments. Well, well there's Tyrone more than uh, Wallace, isn't it? Well, it? No, no, he can be a moody swine at times, Mr. I suppose Wallace. so. You know, that, that they've both got it within them to be uh, acerbic. That's true enough. Um, I'm going to turn it on you now, Nathaniel. Go on. What do you know about cooking? You stuff your face full of bloody mung beans and lentils, hummus and nut cutlets. You yeah. You're an idiot. What do you know about cooking? 
Well, that's only recent development, Richard, obviously. Uh, I mean, it, it's one of those questions I find difficult to answer because compared to some people I know a lot about cooking, compared to a lot of people I know nothing about cooking. Do you want to put me on the spot with something? Not, not particularly, no. I just wanted your opinion. You, you say you know a lot about cooking, so give me some examples. What is that? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Uh, you, you need to ask me something more specific, Richard, before I can even get a handle on the point you're trying to make. How, how, how would you go about... Mm-hmm. In fact, do you think you'd even be capable of, 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 of cooking a beef bourguignon that was even vaguely edible? Good Lord, no. Beef? I've never, I've never touched beef in a million years, you fucking animal. Before you're vegetarian, Dave? Before, I, I'm not interested in what I did before. This is the new me, Richard. The thought of working with beef appalls me. I can, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, I, I think it is. Now on. I can tell. It's one of the points I've got, got to make, actually. Uh, is that, uh, uh, as highly skilled as many of the contestants are that we see on that issue, mm. uh, which they clearly are, that they, they use fantastic ingredients for the most part and, uh, and display wonderful techniques. Um, Ninety-nine percent of them all cook with meat, and it's, it's just a disgrace. But that's what people want to eat. I'm done. What, what, what's your point? Um, their intention is to forge a career in cookery. Most people want to eat meat, so therefore they have to learn how to cook and prepare meat. So you're taking the automatic assumption that people can't change or won't try anything different. Um, I would well, say, you, Richard, we're not. All Based in the 70s. Nin- <laughs> 90% of people have no intention ever in their life of becoming a vegetarian. Doesn't matter what you want them to do, it won't happen. It would be nice to say, I'll take, take your point, Richard, that uh, it, it's one of the few times where we do agree where we think the great and washed is a, is a very accurate label. Mm. Um, and of course, one of the reasons that we give them that label, it's not because of their hygiene, it's because of their refusal to change and, uh, and encounter different things. For me, it's to do the hygiene. I no, it's not, it's not. You, you don't like their viewpoints on a, a lot of the time, which you are, I know, you, you're not telling the truth there. It's a mix of the two. Okay, hygiene and truth, okay. I, hygiene and, and, and flawed philosophy. Okay. <laughs> Here's a scenario for you, Richard. What do you think about this? Go on. You, you, you're a man who's like... And don't ever call me Rich again. I'm just trying to be friendly. Go on. Carry on. Does that offend you? Off you go. Okay. Onwards. If it was only just once a year for a charity bash or something worthwhile, <coughs> Tarot and Wallace should be made to cook a perfect plate of food under those lights, under the judging eyes, mm. the loud music in the background, and let the general public judge it. I, I agree, and I would actually go a step further. Go on. You see, I don't think that they would fear the judgment in terms of, you know, if it was Michelle Rue, yeah. Junior, watching them, yeah. judging them, I don't think there'd be any fear factor there. Yeah. If it was the critics, no, I don't. If it was the critics, uh, the Observer critics, the Guardian critics, that you know, the, the, you know, the critic episode that they always do. Yeah. If it was those guys. I don't think there'd be any fear factor. I think what needs to happen is that there need there need to, there need to be guns pointed at them. <laughs> well, perhaps a little extreme. 
You'd watch it though, wouldn't you? I'd watch it. Oh, you damn right, I'd watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I'd definitely watch it. If your food is not to snuff, bang! The brain splattered against the back of the back of the studio. Yeah, I don't think that would work on mainstream, you know, nine o'clock BBC television, Richard. I don't think that would get down too well. You'd watch it though, wouldn't you? I'd still watch it, yeah. There <laughs> we go, you see. I've never said it had to be on a nine o'clock. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Uh, put, it on a, put it on a cable channel. I don't think it'd last long, even if it was on like half two in the morning. I don't think that's true. It that is true. Um, but uh, point you'd run out of contestants pretty quick, wouldn't you? You would. You would. It wouldn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> the point I was trying to make, which before you, you came up with that ridiculous concept. Go on. Uh, was the, not despite the, you know the, the unkind comments that they occasionally make. It's the, it's the constant move quicker, get it on the plate, move, mm. move, move now. The judges are waiting. All this business, you know. You'd just like to be, I'd like to see them subjected to some of that pressure. John Tarrant is a professional chef. Okay. So he, he, he knows the environment. Yeah. Um, so he, he would thrive, I believe, under those conditions. Greg Wallace, on the other hand, I think you're right, he might fold. I think he started to comp- eat. Whatever he was actually frying in his pan or got under the grill, I think he'd just panic and just start to eat it. Just stuff it into his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly possible. I can't take any more. I'm just going to eat. I'm just going to... Yeah. Yeah. That's totally possible. Yeah. Um, Tarot, though, I'm, I'm very confident he could he could, he could handle it and he, he'd deliver a perfect plate of food. That may well be the case, but it would actually be nice to see evidence of that. He has cooked in the past, in the earlier series. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he, but never under pressure. Never under pressure, that's the point. You know, he, he's prepared a dish. Yeah. That then the contestants have to reproduce. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's certainly never, never been against the clock. Right. With people judging him. Yeah. And that's the tough part, isn't it? It is. It is, that's right, absolutely. That's what makes it, uh, you know, the intense environment that it is, because, you know, they're, they're under time restrictions and... Uh, yeah, you'd just be nice to see the tables turn for once. What's your favourite challenge, Nathaniel? That they have to fight? Mine is the palate test. We haven't done this series, unfortunately. I haven't yet, have they? You're absolutely right. You mm, I like that one. Uh, identified uh, various foodstuffs. You got it. Just by tasting it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's, that, 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 that would be one of the high points. I, I, I like the identification test as well. Oh, yeah. Where they're given kind of, you know, exotic ingredients and they have yeah. to say what they are. Yeah. Uh, those two are uh, certainly my favourites. Uh, that one, not so much, because uh, that, that's just a bit anal for me. Um, it doesn't say anything about them as cooks. I guess not. Uh, just because you've got the ability to just spot a sea bream from a, a rainbow trout. I guess so. That, 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 that's simply learning something by rote, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, very confident. Uh, but... Uh, Taking it back into what we've actually already witnessed this series, it, for me, it's, it's just a general one. It's, it's the one where they get free reign. They get uh, a thousand ingredients, well, not a thousand, that's ridiculous, a uh, hundred ingredients put in front of them, cook as something fantastic. That's the uh, invention test. The invention test, yeah, absolutely. The uh, invention test. So it's not kind of like ready, steady cook scenario where they get five ingredients <coughs> forced in front of them. They yeah. get free reign to pick what they want and just, you know, Off you go. face their challenge, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 I can see that. Because then you see them at their creative best, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. They're not working within any kind of guidelines or parameters. It's, uh, you know, they just go for it. Here's a thought for you. Mm-hmm. Was it better 
back in the days of Lloyd Grossman? Um, good question. Because it's a totally different program, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. It's got the same name, the it same is. label, but yeah, or Jiminy, they're very different. They are. Again, it was uh, very much. They were very different, but they had something in common as, much as regards to the theatre of it all. Mm. Um, I'd have to say I enjoyed the, the the newer series more, although I did enjoy Lloyd Grossman's series too. Um, for the simple fact that it's a bit more down to earth. Um, with Grossman being there, I'm sure he's a, he's a very amenable chap, and uh, you could go and have a glass of wine or, or a beer with him in the pub. But he did give Master Chef an unwanted identity, really, in so much as the way he spoke. It was a bit elitist, wasn't it? Very elitist, yeah. It really was. And we need to take that away from food. We, you know, obviously millions of people are watching this program. We we don't want to give it any more of the stigma that it's already got. But now, isn't it? Isn't it just like the X Factor? Whereas back then it was truly about the love of food. I suppose just a little bit more commercial, yeah, but just, just to say it's a little bit more commercial is not really necessarily a negative thing. Mm. Um, it just appeals to the masses more. Yeah, I'm not knocking it, because yeah. I really enjoy watching it, otherwise I wouldn't bother. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I tend to agree with you. I think it is better now. Yeah. It's more mainstream, it's got more, more energy to it, more yeah. vibrancy. Um, and, and, and the sense of, of competition has been heightened. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That, that's the main thing, I suppose. Indeed. Um, how do you react to the sight of grown men crying? Of course. Because that never happened with the old format. Well, yeah, I'm absolutely no problem with grown men crying whatsoever, of course, you know, just mm. people displaying emotion. It's, it's, it's all the shock of the century, is it? Right. And, and uh, last question, really. Yes. Do you derive sexual pleasure from watching total strangers slave over a hot stove? <laughs> well, I never thought of it until now. Mm -hmm. I'm looking out for that uh, impetus in the next episode. Yeah. I, I kind of assume that's why you're watching it. No, not at all. No, you, you're really, you're subconscious a little, very well here, Richard. It's not my subconscious, I'm worried about it. You're your total, potent, stiff as a poker consciousness that I was thinking of. You can do with me. You deviant. Nothing to do with me, you pervert. You're thinking of with Jay and his big, musty, tattooed arms getting stuck into his beef dishes. I like you were thinking. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let him near me. <laughs> I bloody wouldn't. Far too burly for me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to win this series, do we think? It's Andrew for me. Well, I desperately want to disagree with you, Richard, but I have to agree with you. I think it's going to be oh, really? for me as well, yeah. And I hope he does, because uh, despite his unusual features and his slightly weepish persona, uh, I think it really, really means a lot to him. And he's a bit wet, isn't he? He's a bit wet, but... He's a bit I, wet. You know, he's, he's there to cook food, and he, he's not there to be the most inspirational personality. He's there to no. cook bloody good food, and he clearly does that. And it, it means an awful lot to the guy, so um, I hope he does win. He's one of the weepers. He is one of the weepers, but he I don't... He cries frequently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, that's, you know, that's not a criticism, Richard. Just because he cries. I guess not. Uh, are we going to rate this? Are we going to give it a rating? Okay, yeah, that's right. It, 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 you know, it's a, not quite the usual format, but yeah. I think we should stick to some parameters. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I think it's thoroughly entertaining. 
mainstream programming that really delivers. Yeah, I'm going to have to match you again, but you're only going to get 8 out of 10. There's a, there's a dearth of good programs on at the moment, and um, yeah. I'm always interested in food programs at the best of times, and this is one of the best experiments of it, so I'll match you 8 out of 10. So, just before we move on, yes, can you please make sure you go and see a film next time? Well, it depends. I can't make promises, Richard. If there's a pile of shit on at the cinema for week on week in, week out, I'm not going to uh, make extra effort just to please our listeners, no. You, I didn't go for medical reasons. You didn't go for no good reason at all. I went out of, I didn't go out of principle. Fair enough. Let's move on. Let's move on. Right, folks, time for Richard and I to deliberate over this month's choice of movie from the archives. And this month is going to be a sci-fi movie from 1985 called Quiet Earth. The plot. Zach Hobson wakes up to find himself literally alone in the world and goes about trying to find other survivors, as well as to find out what has actually happened. He suspects that a government research project he was involved in had something to do with the disappearance of everyone. Eventually he finds two other people, and once they begin to trust each other, they try to figure out why they were left on Earth. Have you seen it, Richard? Of course I have. And what were your thoughts? I didn't understand this at all. Didn't understand it? No. Well, you were intelligent chap at the best of times, so... Uh, how did you get to that? It was just a bloke. Yes. Wandering around for a bit. Yes. And then he, he met a woman. And they wandered around for a bit more. It was bloody useless. Richard, I... No, you can, you can do better than this. I know you can. Why is that... A scenario so alien that they were alone on Earth. How would, yes. you, how would you react in that situation? Yes. That's what the movie was about. There have been lots of other um, genre pieces that cover this this this, this, this concept. Yes. Have you seen Day of the Trippids? Of course not. I Am Legend? No. Well, frankly, you should before you can form an opinion on this. Well, that's a ridiculous uh, position to take. No, it's not. I can't even form an opinion on a movie I've seen because I haven't seen some former movies. Absolutely right. You bloody shit. If you, if you dare to watch Pulp Fiction before you've seen Reservoir Dogs, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to take a hot poker to you. Well, you're living a logical brain. It, it, ser- it serves for most of the time, but sometimes it lets you down with you. What, what, what was this about? It was about someone who... <laughs> I can't believe you're actually asking that question. You it was about nothing. It wasn't about nothing at all. It was about a man who was potentially, obviously as the film progressive, it reveals himself not to be the case, but mm. for the first half an hour, 45 minutes or so often, he's potentially the only person that survives on the planet. And? There's implications to that, Richard. How would you react in such a scenario? Probably... Like the people in Day of the Trippids or I Am Legend. Well, I haven't seen that, so you have to explain. Um, with a sense of intelligence and purpose and logical, progressive thinking. But what they didn't do was go into, was stand in front of a mirror wearing a woman's dress. 
Well, that was only one floating part of the movie, Richard. It, it wasn't the, you know, the whole synopsis of what was going on. He did plenty of other things. It was the main thing, though, wasn't it? That was the whole point of this director. The one that stuff just to have a, a scene of cross-dressing. You're revealing your deviant uh, nature again, I think. I'm not. No, I'm, re- I'm revealing the things that re- revolt me. That Men should not wear women's clothes. That Men the... should not paint their toenails. Men should not wear makeup or in any way cross the gender. The gender divide, it, it's absolutely revolting. I think, given the same situation as that Hobson found himself in, he'd be seen into the lingerie department. You'd be wandering round in a little basque, with your bloated gut hanging out, looking at yourself in the mirror, admiring yourself, ooh, look at me. Covering yourself in lipstick, tucking your cock in between your legs. Talk, talk about somebody. That's what you'd be doing. That's the first thing you'd do. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, what we say? Say. Talk about somebody revealing their subconscious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I openly admit it, Richard. I would. Absolutely. Uh, I'll be into Anne Summers. I'm breaking. <laughs> One thing around the shopping mall. Jabbing the jabbing the vibrating devices up your anus. Oh, absolutely, you've got it, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Within the first ten minutes. <laughs> anyway, um... Fucking disgusting human <laughs> being. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't matter, Richard. You, but nobody there to judge me. <laughs> Whatever disgusting, depraved acts I wanted to, because that's the whole point, isn't it? You can do it however you please. You can do whatever you want. Absolutely. I don't like films yeah. where the main character is a scientist. Right. For what reason? Because they're atheists. Oh, I see. Yeah. It kind of uh, goes against the grain somewhat, does it? It's, it's not pleasant. Yeah. Well, you know, you just have to, have to be mindful of the fact that some people are atheists and, and some people believe in Jesus and, and some people have any other weird and wonderful beliefs which it's just the world population for you. It's just the way it is. You just got to, got to accept it. I, I, I understand that. Yes. But it, it just means I don't warm to the main character. Right. So, you know, I just find that problematic. I guess you enjoyed the film where the, 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 the lead actor is not Christian, is um, it? They don't have to be openly Christian. Right. But if they're a scientist, you can take it as read that they're atheistic. Well, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, I've got the, the very. I can't think of a single exception to that rule. Yeah. I'm sure there are Christian scientists, but I don't, I've never heard of one. Yeah. Um. And I also noticed that even in 1985, yeah. the politically correct brigade were alive and well. Did you oh, notice yeah. that as well? Go on. Look at Appy. Yeah. What about him? Well. There's, you're telling me there's three people left on the planet, yeah, and one of them had to be a Maori, so just so no one gets upset. Oh, that's Pathetic. That's uh, that's awful. Richard. But why wouldn't it be a Maori? It's just completely, it's just a completely insignificant point you're making. It could it's be pathetic. It's, just, it's not pathetic at all. Uh, one of the people that survived happens to be a Maori, and so what? Absolutely pathetic. That's just a ticker box to get some extra funding. Just to make sure nobody complained. 
That's just typical. Director should be ashamed of himself. Yeah. That's just you, you kind of uh, inflicting your idealism, idealism on us all, isn't it? You, you just want the three people to be white British. Well, I didn't want them to be British. Right. Well, you didn't want because them to be that's white. not where it was set. What country does this originate from, Nathaniel? Do you know? It was Australia, wasn't it? You see, I knew you'd say that. It's New Zealand. I would have something all the same. It's not too <laughs> a second ago. <laughs> Even I know that New Zealand and Australia are different. Well, I've got the right area. Um, have you seen any other New Zealand films? I don't. Why do you always do this? It's just monotonous. I'm just satisfied enough with the, with the humiliation that you've already inflicted upon me in, in the weeks that have gone past. Name them. I, I can't name any, Richard. Apart from Lord of the Rings, but is that Lord... I don't know. That'll do. Yeah? Okay. That'll do. I can, you're getting very upset. I am getting upset. I, 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 oh. You keep, you keep driving me down this avenue that I don't want to go, Richard. Just to Grow up. Oot yourself up. Grow up. It's tiresome. Grow up. Do you want to hear my thoughts on the film, Richard? Go on. Okay. Go on. Off you go. I found it a little bit slow. It's, it is a slow burner. And it's not going to appeal to the elusive most, is it? Because they're going to find it a bit ponderous, I think. Um, you know, it's a bit slow for most people, is the point I'm trying to make. Um, but my favourite... Oh, pacing... oh, sorry. Go on, Nathaniel. Go on, no, go on. Yeah, you can interject. Go on. I thought the pacing was appropriate to the subject matter. Yeah, it's got the whole bleak, um, yeah, pedestrian vibe about it, I suppose. Uh, you're right in your observations, but that's not going to appeal to, to many people, is it? I, I suppose you're right, uh, the bleakness and the, and the solemnness of it. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it, it, it's about the last guy on Earth, at least for the first half of the film. Absolutely. It's either going to be a riot of action, is it? Very true, very true, yeah. Uh, I suppose, given a bigger budget and a more commercial feel, he would be bumping into people more quickly than what he did. Well, that's yeah. I Am Legend, you see, that's the thing. You need to watch that film, right. just to see a comparison. I think so, yeah. to see how Hollywood treats the same subject matter. Right, okay. Yeah, it's um, fantastic, fair point. And it's not awful. Okay. It, you know, it's a perfectly watchable film, I Am Legend. Yeah. Oh, um, I'll be my check it out. Tales Off. Yeah. As, as most of these things do. Yeah. You know, it gets a bit kind of special effects heavy towards the end. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for a good hour and 20 minutes, it's, it's perfectly entertaining. Yeah. Fair enough. I might check it out. I'll put it on the list. Other thoughts, Nathaniel? Go on. Yeah, when uh, Zach initially realised that he thought he was, you know, the, the only person on the planet, uh, uh -huh. the, the, the half an hour, 40 minutes that ensued, I think was probably the most interesting, seeing the, the activity that he got up to. You know, moving into other people's mansions, giving speeches to a makeshift audience. Mm. Um, you know, obviously wearing the women's clothing as well. Uh, it's good to see that represented. It's science fiction, isn't it? Science fiction? It's a science fiction movie, um, but it seems like it's more about um, maybe potential romance. Maybe existential angst, well, rather than aliens and laser battles. Yeah, there's a lot going on to the surface. Yeah, that, that, that was the beauty of the movie, in all honesty. It's like, if you choose not to analyse it, if you're watching it kind of half-cock, 
then you would you would find it incredibly dull, I would suspect. But if you pay the attention that it that it warrants, then you see there's a lot more going on under the surface. Um, you seem quite surprised when I refer to it as science fiction. But now that you kind of caught me there because, uh, well, it, it all become clear later on in the podcast. Oh, I see. Yeah, I understand. You touched something that we were, we were already going to be discussing. Uh, yeah. So I got thinking into that now for a second. Fair enough. Um, uh, can you can you put yourself in this position, Richard, for a moment? <coughs> I mean, I'm absolutely terrifying, of course, once the kind of the reality of it set in. But sure, <coughs> for the first, I don't know. A couple of hours for you, it'd be absolutely fantastic, wouldn't it? Well, I'm, I'm agoraphobic, uh, Nathaniel, as you know. Um, and I, 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 I don't think I'd, I'd even be able to leave the house if, if I knew there was nobody else around. Really? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. No? So, so I find his kind of wanderings um, and venture, venturing into, into other people's properties. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I could see the excitement of it. Yeah. Because it's taboo, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. Absolutely, yeah. I couldn't do it myself. No. No. But you I just, get, I, I just stay at home. You could get as frightened and as frantic and as uh, you know, kind of as panic attacks at, at will, and no one would be there to witness it, would you? No, 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 no. I, I don't. I just, I just stay at home. <laughs> Uh, I did feel for him in some way, though, because obviously he does eventually find another human being to converse with and uh, and the like. Woman? Yeah, that the woman, yeah. And uh, she's ginger. I mean, that, the poor guy's look. I mean, what's the chance? <laughs> you know, I don't, you're already kind of, you've got the elation of seeing another person, but then they're ginger. I'm with you on this oh, one, Good Lord. I'm with you on this. As you know, I... I Due to um, personal experience, I, 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 just, I detest the Scottish. Right. Um, and most of them are ginger, aren't they? All, yeah, most of them, yeah, yeah. Most of them. <laughs> 90, 90, most I, of them are ginger. I mean, at least this woman had some teeth. Because most of the Scots haven't got any fucking teeth. <laughs> and she spoke quite eloquently as well. Uh, I suppose you could get her a hat, you know. I don't suppose it would be that much of a big deal, but I just put myself in this position of, oh my God, God, what have you done to me? You could get her a hat, Nathaniel, but yeah. what about if the collars and cuffs match, if you understand my meaning? Right, yes, I suppose so. But, you know, we don't know that, do we, because we, we didn't see that. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, you'd have to get yourself a blindfold or something to be able to manage that, wouldn't you? I mean, I, you, I know there's something in the Bible about a fiery bush, but... Right. I don't want to see it in real life. I don't want to see it in real life, not quite, no. Lord. Um, I would. I would never, ever be in a relationship with uh, a... a, a a woman with ginger hair. No. <laughs> um, no, heaven forbid, you know. I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone with you. Even Good Lord. Um, the other aspect of the movie, the ma- one of the main aspects, obviously, was the love triangle, wasn't it? <sighs> isn't it? Surely you can agree with me, there's some kind of <sighs> triangle dynamic going on, isn't there? Well, there is. Did, did it interest you? It did, but not for long, because they weren't accurate in the representation of it, were they at all? I can, I can see what they were trying to do, but if you put yourselves in that situation, you'd, they'd just all be banging each other senseless, wouldn't they? I think so. Threesomes, hetero, homosexuals... Well, no, 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 no. Yes? No, they, they would take it in turns. Oh, right. 
Well, you know, that's not my viewpoint. I think they'd all be at it like rabbits, just, you know, shove it, every implement and object they could get their hand on into each other's orifices. But, uh, you know, as, as the limp-wristed feminist that you are, yes. my, my scenario is better, isn't it? Because she gets, she gets double the fun. Well, it's not, well, it might be better for her. Exactly, so you should support that. I must you, 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 you claim quite frequently that women are better than men. I don't claim that at all. <laughs> said that quite often. Never <laughs> said that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it's very much from the, you know, the hetero uh, viewpoint that you hold in there, isn't it? Mm. Obviously, I'm not going to subscribe to it. Okay. But shall, shall we sum this thing up? We've been banging on about it quite a while. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just confirm that I agree with, the, the, you know, the romance thing did tire me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, when it's finished, when the movie's finished, I think you're meant to be left with, with many questions. You are. That's very about your own mortality. Yeah. Our place in the universe. Yeah. The meaning of existence. Yeah. I'll be honest, though, the only question I was left with was, is that it? Really? Yeah. Oh, right. That's a bit of a damn script to end on, isn't it, really? Sorry. Yeah. So you, I, I, I can't lie. Well, go on, get, give us a mark then, Richard. Let's get a, a synopsis of what you're... You're not going to like it. You don't like it, no? No, you're not going to like it, my mark. Go on. Two. Two out of ten, yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that seems a ridiculously low mark. <laughs> I thought I knew you'd say that. Yeah, well. I'm going to give you seven. I, I, normally, normally I'm proud of my marks, but this okay. one, I, felt, I did feel a little bit ashamed. <laughs> you could have put a different mark. But not, not if that's what I truly feel. You see, sometimes we can feel things that do make us, or think things that do make us ashamed. And this was one of those moments. Right, okay. The production hold held it back a little. It was clearly low budget. Not an expert mm. hands. Uh, but overall, a fine effort. And I'll give it 7 out of 10. Right, folks, it's time for the final section of the show called Any Other Business. And this week, Richard and I are going to be discussing all things science fiction. What's good about it? What's bad about it? Who does it best? Who does it worst? And what is it anyway? You're about to find out. Now, Richard, before you start uh, boring us all with the sound of your own voice, uh-huh. um, I've got an admission to make. What I'm about to uh, utter to the listeners, I've copied and pasted straight from Wikipedia, but it all serves a purpose, so just bear with me for a second while I read it, okay? Go for it. Science fiction is a genre of fiction dealing with imaginary, but more or less plausible, or at least non-supernatural, content such as future settings, futuristic science and technology, space travel, aliens and paranormal abilities. Exploring the consequences of scientific innovations is one purpose of science fiction, making it a literature of ideas. Science fiction is largely based on writing rationally about alternative possible worlds or futures. It is similar to, but differs from fantasy, in that within the context of the story, its imaginary elements are largely possible within scientifically established or scientifically postulated laws of nature. Now, having said that, Richard, I can boil that down to a simple question, but I just wanted to put that in pretext. Right. Let's boil it down to that question. What constitutes fiction from fantasy? You mean science fiction from fantasy? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I've got a list of five books come movies that I'd like your opinion on. Okay. So you can choose whether it's fiction or fantasy. Science fiction. Science fiction or science fantasy. Yeah. Science fiction... Or fantasy. Right. You need to get your terminology right, because otherwise we will, we will get complaints. Okay. 
We'll get complaints anyway about you, but... Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but what you've got to remember is yeah. sci-fi fans yeah. and fantasy fans and horror fans, which also crosses over, they're very, very anal. So you've got to make sure you get it right. So I'm going to pick you up on it. Every time you get something wrong, I'm going to tell you. Well, I'm asking you the questions, Richard. I'm not, I, 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 I've created this debate... You're right, but all I'm saying is, you were, you, were, you started off by using incorrect terminology. Did I? You did, yeah, because you were saying, tell me the difference between fiction or science fantasy. Well, that's wrong. Science fiction and science... Science fiction or fantasy. Right, okay. It's not science fantasy, that doesn't exist. Does it not? No. Hmm, okay. Let's go, come on. Testing, yeah. Uh, but I just want to, just a precursor to it, there's no undermining tactics or dirty tricks here, Richard. You know, that those... I'll leave stooping to those levels to you, okay? So there's no... Fair enough. There's no tri- Fair enough. Yes. Here we go. You got, you don't try and undermine my confidence. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't trying to. Uh, right, ready? I am ready. Alien. Um, Alien is sci-fi horror. Jurassic Park. Pure science fiction. The Time Machine. Oh. Well, that's a good one. You're understanding the point, Richard, aren't you? That's a good one. That's sci-fi, a bleak stroke fantasy. Right. 2001 and 2010. Pure science fiction. And Chronicle. Sci-fi, stroke, fantasy. There you go. I think you've just contradicted yourself, Richard. Have I? I think so. Why? Well, a couple of those films you gave the, the, the science fiction fantasy. No, a bleak stroke fantasy, because they contain fantastical elements. Right. And also sci-fi elements. Right. Just like, just as Aliens is a science fiction, a bleak stroke horror movie. Yeah. Because the science fiction comes from the exploration of space, the technology required, the um, possible life form that is scientifically explicable the okay. xenomorph yeah yeah and the horror element comes from the gore right yeah yeah so it is possible for a movie to, to, to straddle two sometimes even three genres yeah so I think by uh, informing us all about what you've just said there is no distinction in between Science fiction and science fantasy, no? There is no such thing as science fantasy. Right, okay. Because only it's, have science it's fiction. It's already fiction. Or fantasy. Right, okay. Yeah? Because I think uh, the, the point that most people would um, hang on is the fact that people such as Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke, who has allegedly written lots of science fiction, uh, oh, yes. a lot of his thoughts and uh, his concepts have come into actual reality. Absolutely. So it can no longer be called fiction. Um, so hence the, the possible distinction between something that's obviously fantastical, which would never ever come into being, right, uh, is possibly deserving of a different title as something that is at the time called fiction would could eventually become true. I mean, give me an example of this science fantasy that you're that you're that you're desperate to to see exist. Well, the, the time machine. So, travelling back in time mm-hmm. and finding 
a race of beings, the Morlocks, I think they're called. Right. Uh, the underclass and the overclass. Why, why is that beyond the realms of possibility? You don't need me to explain that, Richard. We're talking about a time machine. We can talk about things such as wormholes and uh, things that exist on the outer reaches of space that uh, may allude to that being possible. But in, in terms of the actual film and the book, it's, it's and the machine that's being created that someone gets into and transports back and forward in time. That's absolute fantasy. But uh, there, there, was, there were certain scientists that believed that, that um, the Large Hadron Collider in CERN is the first step towards creating a time machine. Well, we're postulating, aren't we? This is, this Absolutely we're postulating, but, that, but that's the nature of science fiction, is postulation. I, I, I'm not ready to accept that it's, a, it's even a possibility, Richard, that uh, the Hadron Collider could ever morph into some kind of time machine. I'm, I'm not ready to, to, to even entertain that. 10,000 years from now, <laughs> we, we, there's no possibility that we could have constructed a machine that travels through time. How can I possibly see 10,000 years into the future? Just That's why it's called fiction. Or fantasy. Or fantasy. Yeah. Um, but you can see the point I'm trying to make. I can see your perspective. Right, yes. I can't in any way agree with it. Well, I'm not asking you to. Fair enough. No, fair yeah. enough. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that was just one kind of uh, angle I wanted to bring to that. It's interesting. I really enjoyed that. that yeah, so did I. Interesting discussion. I thought it was a kind of fire the scientist somewhat in your brain. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I want to use you in a kind of encyclopedic vein, if, if, I, if I may, uh, because you're always ready to educate uh, whether people want, want to listen to you or not. Uh, and I'd like to find out your, your finest, you know, your opinion on the finest experiments of science fiction. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I, I was hoping that you were going to tell me all about science fiction yourself. No, but I... I'm pretty, pretty eager to be educated by your wisdom on the subject. <laughs> I haven't got any wisdom to offer on this subject, uh, uh, Richard. I don't know. I love, I love science fiction, Nathaniel. Yes. I love horror. Yes. And when those two things come together, for me, that's that's perfect. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you've got any specific questions, I'll, I'll gladly answer them. Uh, yeah. Who's your favourite, favourite science fiction author? I don't really read science fiction. You don't read it? No, no. My, my sci-fi love is, is visual. Oh, okay. Because I, I like the um, just I, I just like the visual aspect of seeing what's happening. You know, be it a wormhole or yeah, you know, a craft going to warp drive, whatever it is. I just love the visual of it. Okay. I don't really read science fiction. I'm not saying I've never read a science fiction novel. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly not something that, that I seek out. Right, okay, I know that's definitely absolutely fair, that's right, fair enough. So, uh, three favourite science fiction movies? Three favourite science fiction movies? Yeah. Oh, Aliens. Right. Silent Running. I've seen that. The Fly. Oh, okay, that's fantastic, yeah, yeah. And, and you'll not, you're not two of those kind of blur the boundaries between sci-fi and horror. 
No, I wouldn't have a clue about silent running, because I've never even heard of it that long. Silent running is pure science fiction. Right. But obviously aliens and the fly. Yeah. They're sci-fi and horror intermingled. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. That's why I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Science fiction, it, I mean, it, it, as a visual art form, it's been going now for the best part of 90 years. Yeah. Um, the early earliest examples are things like Fritz Lang's Metropolis. That's really famous. If you if you don't know what that is, if you don't know what that is just by the name of it, if you saw, um, you know, a footage of it, you you would recognise it. Right. It's just it's one of those things that's just in the zeitgeist. Uh, Okay, yeah. Um, then you've got things like The Invisible Man, Flash Gordon. Yeah. That's 30s and 40s kind of material. Yeah. A uh, bit naive, bit clumsy. Yeah. Entertaining in a kind of way, but I don't, I don't particularly enjoy watching them. Right. Um, the 50s science fiction uh, tended more towards the paranoid. Yeah. And you had cool classics like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yeah. Uh, the thing from another world. Mm. And from the UK, Quatermass. Quatermass, yeah, oh, great. And that's massively important in yeah. science fiction. Yeah. It's really, really influential, both both on sci-fi here in the UK and in the States. Yeah. Um, the 60s gave the world uh, the two longest-running sci-fi shows, really, which was Star Trek. Even though, even though Star Trek's in various incarnations, it was still going from the 60s right up until the, till the noughties. Yeah. Um, and also Doctor Who, of course. Uh, 49 years. It's coming up to the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, would you believe? Astonishing, isn't it, really? That is astonishing. Yeah. And, it, it, of course, it, it went off the screens for 10 years, so there, there was like a 10-year hiatus. Yeah. Um, but still, 50 years and still going strong. Yeah. Um... The 70s uh, was more cerebral, uh, with movies such as Silent Running, which I've already mentioned, that you've mentioned as well, because you, 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 I bored you about that in the past. Yeah. Um, Soil and Green and Logan's Run. Most people remember Logan's Run. Any any recollection there for you? Yeah, he sung in the Eurovision Song Contest, didn't he? <laughs> That's correct. Let's move on. Um, Ages gave us the action side of, of, of sci-fi, which was uh, the Terminator, Aliens, Total Recall, Robocop, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've got no further, really, in my, in my, in my listing, because after that, wow, I mean, apart from The Matrix, you know, it hasn't really fared well cinema-wise, in my opinion. Has it been done to death, do you think? See the thing is, and I think I think the long longevity of things like Who and Star Trek display this. It can't be done to death because it's just a blank canvas. You can do what you want. Um, but, but, so, but, but by very virtue of the fact that that those things exist and have existed for such a long time, Richard, uh, certainly points to the fact there's an awful lot of material that's been used up. There's a lot of imagination there that's uh, been exploited. Um, and I, I appreciate what you're saying about the blank canvas. And it, it's yeah. Infinite, I guess. It, uh, technically. Yeah. But really, I mean, 
how far can people actually take it? Can they really keep coming up with new concepts all the time? I'm not sure. Well, it, the thing is, you don't need to necessarily come up with brand new ideas, do you? You need to rehash them in, in an inventive way. I think, absolutely. I mean, I, I would argue that pretty much every story that can be told has already been told. Right. Um, so if, if you're of a creative mind, the skill nowadays isn't in coming up with something brand new. Yeah. It's in blending um, previous ideas together in an original way. Yeah. That's the tough part, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. yeah a, a friend of mine, yeah. um, he, he, he's a writer. He's not yet. He's not published yet. Yeah. Um, but he's, he, you know, his work seems of a decent standard. Right. But he says to me, he he has not had one. He's never in his life had a single original idea. Right. It's it's just putting his style. Yeah. On ideas that have gone before, and then blending elements together in a way that that, that are unexpected. I suppose that's true. Which I, I suppose you're absolutely right when you, you think about it. Yeah. Um, it's just so easy to see in terms of people having new, brand new. Um, innovative ideas when really mm. they're just uh, like you say putting their own spin on it I suppose yeah good point that you're making there I, I, I think the last film that really did something brand new at least as far as the mainstream media was concerned was The Matrix yeah but Doctor Who beat it by about 15 years right because even that even that concept which seemed Radically new to people. Yeah. Doctor Who had covered in a story called The Deadly Assassin right. 15 years earlier. Yeah. And they even called it, the thing that they went into was even called The Matrix. Oh, wow, well, about that. So, presumably, the guys that made the film yeah. had seen that show. There's got to be some sort of. Uh, it's not a coincidence, it's sure. There's a link there, isn't there? There's a link, yeah. yeah. Um, I used to, a few years ago, and this, this this will reveal the geek in me, which I'm unashamed of. Yeah. Um, I was on a forum, a movie forum, and I used to play a game with 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 uh, the other members where we scored each other. Yeah. And the the idea was they would name a movie, and I would tell them when Doctor Who did it first. If I was right, yeah. I got a hundred points. If they were right, I lost ten points for every year that the film beat Doctor Who by. Right. And who were uh, ruled the roost on that? Uh... Well, I did. I'm, I'm afraid I did. Right. And, and, and I'm not saying this for boastful reasons. Yeah. It's just more, yet more evidence that you know all the ideas have been done previously, and now it's just about rearranging the pieces. Yeah, my point was, who could prove that you were wrong? Um, well, I mean, I, I just, I had to justify it by explaining the plot of the Doctor Who story. Right. And then I'll send them to links such as Wikipedia or or the BBC Doctor Who oh, site. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That, that, that kind of also explain what the plot was. Yeah. Just to prove the point. Right. Uh, I, I didn't lie, Nathaniel. Yeah. yeah. Of course, I, I told the truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But it's very hard for. Uh, 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 there were a few examples that I couldn't I couldn't think of a, a Doctor Who reference for. Yeah. Um, but but for the most part, you think Star Trek? There've been something like six hundred episodes of Doctor Who's about the same. That's twelve hundred ideas. Yeah. As you say, hard to find something new. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, for my own part, science fiction is a it creates a paradox in my head because it. Given my personality traits and the, the things I was interested in when I was a, a young whelp, mm. um, it's something that it's a genre that should really attract me, but yet it doesn't, and it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, the, obviously, there are exceptions to the rule, um, but generally speaking, uh, science fiction is something of a turn-off for me, and it's and something I would to justify really because the people use their imagination; they're, they're, they're coming up with uh, wacky and freaky concepts. And generally, the, given the level of expertise in, in, in movie making and book writing these days, they're portrayed very well. Mm. But it just leaves me all a bit cold. And yet you thoroughly enjoyed The Quiet Earth. I did, because I get that there's a very humanistic element to that. Absolutely. I guess it, once it reaches a, a certain level of um, wackiness, for want of a better term, it, it, it tends to lose me. Uh, but I don't want to criticise it because obviously the, fact, the, the very notion that, that, that there's a human being on this planet that's come up with that concept I find mm. fantastic but it just doesn't interest me you see good science fiction is about ideas yeah silent running yeah it's a recurring theme it's all about loneliness isolation and fear of death right it's similar to the quiet earth yeah really in terms of of, of of subject matter at its heart. Yeah. Um, bad science fiction is about special effects and robots just punching each other. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. But blending the two together is possible. Yeah. It, it can be done, and really effectively. Yeah, I, I don't deny it. I don't deny it, but... Um Maybe it's a, it's a genre I should give more of an opportunity. It, it, it certainly deserves it. Mm. Um, what about TV shows, which is the likes of Battlestar Galactica and... Uh, I don't know, what else is there? Um, <coughs> shows of that ilk. Um, what, what do you want to know? Are they science fiction? Battlestar Galactica, yeah. certainly, of course, yeah. in both incarnations. Yeah. The 70s one, which is pretty pretty clumsy and naive, I don't really like. Yeah. Um, and the reinvention in, in, in you know the last 10 years or so, absolutely science fiction, with a real mythical spiritual theme as well. I think, I think you would really enjoy Battlestar Galactica, right. the new version, yeah. because it's all about... Spirituality. Right, okay, there we go. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's the kind of uh, points I need. Because it's, it's just such a huge genre as well, that there's so much within it. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to have to tow through oceans and oceans of shit just to find a few gems, so... Uh, no, I, I mean, Star Trek, you, you're never going to like that. Yeah. I would, I would, I would suspect. Yeah. Um, it, whichever, whichever format it's in. Because even that's quite varied, but I don't think you'll like any of them. Yeah. Because um, they're a bit clinical. Right, you know, a bit, a bit, a bit too much about the science and a bit less about the fiction. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas Battlestar Galactica, oh, I, I think I think you might enjoy almost the Buddhist aspect to some of the the, the, the religious. Oh, there you go. Themes that are explored. Yeah, well, that, that's uh, yeah, that, that, that's definitely a tempting me. It's fantastic. Um, it's certainly, certainly in my top five sci-fi shows of all time. Right. It's dangerous, is because I I I can talk ad infinitum about science fiction. So what I want is you to guide me and just ask me questions. Yeah. Because I, I don't just want to waffle. Well, you've been managing pretty well. Thank you. <laughs> but now that now you've answered some questions, which is that that I wanted this to be a. Uh, other than something hopefully interesting for the, the listeners to listen to, mm. uh, I'll hopefully actually uh, get some knowledge from as well. Yes. Uh, and you have given me a couple of pointers, so uh, thank for your wealth of knowledge as always. Oh, good. Uh, what I think about it as well, is I, I received an email about uh, the words I should, I, I should learn before I go to India, uh, but I, I haven't taken yeah. it into memory yet. Um, so hopefully by the time that we uh, do our next podcast, I'll be able to uh, you know, broadcast my, my, my new knowledge. I think our listeners would really enjoy hearing you, um, perhaps delivering uh, one of the one of the opening sequences to a section in um, whichever language it is that, you've, that, that you're learning. I was hoping for something a little bit more modest than that, Richard. To be honest, I was hoping to just come out, come on air, and just say good morning. Or no, I, I think uh, try and aim high. Okay, aim high. Try and aim high. Yeah. So. Your mission for next month. Yeah. Let Let's say now, without without question. Let's make it as easy as possible. Yeah. Next Next month, you're going to introduce the movie news section in Gujarati. Because that doesn't really change, does it? That yeah. introduction is just. This I is the part of the show where we talk about movie news and Hollywood development. That doesn't really change. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So what I want you to do for for next month. He's learned that in Gujarati. Yeah. If you could, and, and you know, just say, just say it aloud for us. It might be entertaining. I'd like you. I'd, I'd like that. Who would like that? I would. I do would. Well, it's just as you, which is going to work well. I'd like it. All right, so I'll, I'll give it a bash. <sighs> Are we done? I've run out of steam, I'll be honest with you. Well, I think the listeners are quite pleased. Is that the end of the show? That's the end of the show, I think, which I think is not reaching a natural conclusion. It, it, it's tough to end on this kind of downbeat. No, why not? Emotion, though, isn't that's, it? That's life, Richard, isn't it? You, you <laughs> just, <laughs> you're absolutely right, didn't you? I watch movies with a happy ending, so our podcast has ended on a damn squid. Fuck them. We're miserable. Yeah. We're miserable human beings. If you're not happy, fuck off! <laughs> Good night. Thanks for listening. Good night.